You're listening to Likely's Story on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. I'm your co-host Polly and I'm your co-host Shelby. Let's get started. So episode 32, (laughs) uh, today we have a few follow-up items um, related to the discrimination laws we talked about last episode. Um, Also a caucus v primary debate in Colorado. Oh my gosh. Also some financial news that I'd like to discuss. Oh. Um, We'll get get to it. And then I think... (laughs) The main bulk, um, you have been on a romantic comedy kick we want to talk about a little bit. Maybe that's been the case. And then I think we will dive into the Bechdel test and women's role in film just to kind of round us out today. (laughs) All ends of our personalities. Yeah. Together forever. (laughs) Also, we've been really into Kimmy Schmidt. We will save that to the end. Um, so updates. Yes. The discrimination laws. Yes. North Carolina's bathroom law. Oh my goodness. Um, I actually don't think much has changed. (laughs) Um, concerts are still being canceled. It's just as terrible as it was two weeks ago. Except now there's more really great articles out yes. there about how terrible these laws are. Um, we will include um, a blog post from the Huffington Post, which... Uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's really good. It's called <laughs> That Dumb Bathroom Bill in North Carolina, written by Diane Ravitch. Uh, probably the only time we'll agree on anything. <laughs> It actually pained me to see that she authored this, but she's quite intelligent. We just usually disagree on education issues. And she wrote this amazing, um, amazing blog post for Huffington Post. And I just think my favorite, I just want to read. So her update at the end is uh, North Carolina may not get to make the choice of um, repealing the law or not because a federal appeals court has just ruled that a transgender boy in Virginia could use the boy's bathroom and that efforts to compel him to go to the girl's bathroom do violate federal anti-discrimination laws. And so, in other words, the courts will throw out House Bill 2 from North Carolina and North Carolina's Tea Party government sacrificed all of those jobs and made the state a laughingstock for nothing. Yep. Yeah. That about sums it up. Yeah. So we'll include that article because it's great. Um, The other thing I think related to this is that it has now hit the um, national campaign trail. Yes. And uh, Donald Trump has actually opposed the bill. Shock. Not in so many words. (laughs) I don't think he may have, but in what I had seen, he didn't like outright come out and oppose it. He just said that like... It's getting a lot of flack and it's probably not the best thing and that he wouldn't um, enforce it in any of his businesses or whatever. Yeah, I said – basically he said Caitlyn Jenner could use whatever bathroom bathroom she she pleases in Trump Towers. (laughs) Yes, as his way of indicating um, opposition. And And then our good friends – 
the Zodiac <laughs> killer. Uh, Ted Cruz did defend the law and admonished Trump and said, "The you know, the law is the law. We need to protect this and we need to protect our children going to bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's what trans people do is they. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, so uh, does, unfortunately not the best update we'd like to give, but does Lion Ted Cruz want to put uh, a police officer at every restroom to inspect the genitalia you of the know, people entering? It wasn't real clear. All right. I'm just wondering how I just wonder how he's going to yeah. enforce these these There's a lot laws. of things I wonder about him. <laughs> yeah. This is added to a very long list. <laughs> just added on. <laughs> Yeah, after the Zodiac Killer. Yes. So uh, in light of talking about politics, <laughs> uh, if you recall our, our rousing discussion about Colorado caucuses, Ooh. <laughs> there's been even more uproar. So we had experienced the Democratic caucuses and the Republicans actually, because of the way they changed their party rules, didn't take a straw poll within their caucus and then there was an uproar when they got to their convention and whatever it's a mess but basically you have now both parties of a two-party system (laughs) saying well that didn't go well (laughs) let's redo this what should we do and so a new bill was just introduced today to switch us back to a primary which we had just over 10 years ago maybe we've done the caucus for about 10 years yeah i think it was 2003 early 2000s yeah early 2000s that we switched and i would just like to say just being on both sides of this issue um that we switched because it was a financial burden on our cost a couple mil uh on our cool maybe seven cool couple mil (laughs) just seven million dollars depends on how you do math Um, the fiscal note on this bill has not yet been released, but news reports that I've been hearing have put it at $7 million it will cost the state to move back to a primary system. Yeah. And I would like to add that we are, we are finished with our budget bill or nearly. Uh, yes. Money has been allocated to the yes. places that it's going to. There to. are a few extra monies, but not yes, many. Not many. Um, it so. would make a lot of people angry if they took what was left and put it towards this. Yes. Um, I would imagine. I just, maybe. It's just a couple mil. Just a few, seven mil. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. So not, not, I, I feel, um, I, you know, I have feelings on both sides of the issue from yeah. like a fiscal impact. And then um, just knowing that Colorado is a Tabor state and our funds are fairly limited as it is. Sure. So adding another burden to our state budget situation, I'm mm-hmm. not totally thrilled with. However, I am very pro involving more people into the system. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but earlier this week I got into a heated Facebook debate about <laughs> ID laws and voting. Yeah. Um, I engaged. For the record, world, I told her not to engage <laughs> and she did I not had listen. To. I had to. I know you're just so passionate. Oh my God. I care a lot about voter access. I know. I know. I care a lot. Um, I do think we're going to have to talk about that in the future. I agree. Because you care a lot. <laughs> care a lot. We care a lot. Anyways. Okay. Care Bros is cool. Uh, um, 
Yeah, I I am very interested. I mean, I am glad they're making the case. They've tr- they tried to make this argument and introduced a bill last year. It failed. It failed. <laughs> I actually like. I think it's really important. I think that engaging more people than less, um, giving people time, not disenfranchising people who can't come to a two to seven hour meeting <laughs> yep. on a random Tuesday evening. Like I am very in support of this effort. I understand the financial impacts to the state. Um, I also actually really appreciate that the primary process would really um, in this way only be for the presidential primary and yeah. that caucuses for local positions and all of that would still happen. And so you would kind of get the best of both worlds for um political engagement with the yeah. community and connecting with your neighbors around those issues. So. And Governor Hickenlooper also suggested that maybe instead of moving to a total primary state for presidential, that we do a two system where we have a caucus as well as a primary. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how well attended the caucus would be if you had a primary option, but yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah. So. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, but based on the chaos that was a few months ago... <laughs> I think we could make some major improvements. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, my last, my financial news, which you laughed at, I don't know why, um, was the exciting news that it has been finally announced that Harriet Tubman will be on the $20 bill. Woo! And I believe that, like, Twitter actually exploded. Yeah. <laughs> It happens. Um, there were some really terrible things said mm-hmm. about this mm-hmm. effort, which was kind of disgusting, um, but also just like, hey, baby steps. Let's put a really influential role model female <laughs> on a freaking like bill. <laughs> it's cool. Um, yeah. So Twitter exploded. My favorite... Um, one of my coworkers was sending me screenshots of tweets as she was like tracking this, which I appreciate. <laughs> um, but, but my favorite one um, was from someone named Megan Amram. That is also her Twitter handle. Great. To honor the fact that Harriet Tubman is a woman, the $20 bill will now only be worth $14. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, um, and then the second one, which I think you are going to get to as well, is that Andrew, Jack- Andrew Jackson defenders crushed <laughs> that his erasure from the $20 bill comes before they had a chance to mount a rousing musical about the Trail of Tears. <laughs> Awful. Oh, there's so oh many good ones. God. Yeah. Um, people are awful. Come on, people. Yeah, so Andrew Jackson has been sent off of the front of the bill. Yes. However, he will still reside on the back of the bill. Which I actually didn't realize until you just told me that. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. So he got booted to the back. Um, so I'm just curious, especially since you're just learning about this now, so you yeah. have no other external factors yeah. influencing you. No. What are your thoughts on a slave owner and the man responsible for the Trail of Tears still being on a bill mm-hmm. with Harriet Tubman, who is like 
a revolutionary figure when it came to mm-hmm. freeing slaves and um, mm-hmm. women's suffrage as well later on in her life. Sure. How do you feel about them sharing a bill? Great question. On the spot, I'm feeling <laughs> a little conflicted. <laughs> Um, I mean, I realize that most of the dudes on the other bills don't have like a perfect past. <laughs> no, this I mean, one the feels a little bit more. Yeah. yeah, you know, I legit just thought he was off the bill. Nope, he's on the back. <laughs> Come on, can we really give a woman a full bill? No, uh, never. All right, well, that's our financial news update <laughs> from Likely Story. I don't know. That's all I got. I would just... I, did you look into this more? Do I you did. Have- I've listened to some interviews about it and um, looked into it some. And um, there is actually a group, um, a nonprofit, maybe? I don't Probably. know. Um, who was fighting to get a woman on the $20 bill. And I think specifically they were really pushing uh, uh, um, Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are... They are looking at it as a learning opportunity and an education opportunity to be like, you know, um, this is who this man was, but we grew out of that and moved on beyond that. Um, I also saw, I think, a tweet that basically said um, it's perfect justice to Andrew Jackson because there's nothing that he would have hated more than sharing (laughs) a bill with a black woman. <laughs> oh man. So it's kind of like it's That's like basically ha. like Harriet Tubman mic drop yep. walk away. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I mean I think I don't know. I think we run into this a lot like this was our past and our history yeah. and like he played a role in that. Yep. And like while that's important, it is okay to grow out of like well, it's just like the there's, perspectives and there's a big statewide Democratic dinner every year. And in, in Colorado, it's called the Jefferson Jackson yeah. dinner, the JJ dinner. Um, and there's been a big push to rename. Get, to rename that because these are not necessarily men that as Democrats we want to hold in, you know, as an idol. So, yeah, it's just interesting to see the movements that are happening around this yeah. um and yeah and i think that like it's okay yeah we can do that we can we can change we can change it's okay it's okay to improve <laughs> it yipes is. um speaking of not improving <laughs> i don't know i don't know where i was going with that segue um polly you've been watching a lot of movies so <laughs> i don't know what started it um, but one night I just, I felt the need to start watching romantic comedies and it started with Made in Manhattan and it just spiraled out of control from there. Um, so I've been on a crazy kick the last couple of months. I was looking at my Netflix history, um, and one John rewatched Breaking Bad. So there's a lot of that in a row. <laughs> and then there's like interjections of like my romantic <laughs> comedies that I've been watching. So that's quite an interesting dichotomy yeah um so the highlights that i have watched include the holiday great uh bridget jones's diary which surprisingly i had never seen until recently that is surprising loved it yep uh the rebound um 
I'm going to have to Google that one while you continue talking. Yes. Um, the wedding date. Okay. And leap year. Okay. I do have to remember these are the ones on Netflix. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I would have put like, I also created a list of like what comes to mind for my favorites, but it's not. Well, what's and on I Netflix. was kind of jealous of your favorites because I would have liked to watch pretty much all of those, except yeah. none of them with the exception of a couple yeah. are on Netflix. Yeah. I also did watch 10 things I hate about you. And oh, my God, best friend's wedding, or yep. the, no, the one with Patrick um, Dempsey. Um, is it my best friend's wedding mm-hmm. where he's the maid of honor, and then but he falls in love with her? There's oh, another no. one with I think like Julia Roberts or someone else that might be the best. Anyway, I watched that <laughs> on TV too. <laughs> the Runaway Bride was recently on with Julia Roberts, but that's oh, I um, seen that. yeah. with what's his name? Yeah. Uh, Oh, boy, we're really good at this. And then I also watched the new-ish Netflix series called Love. Okay, I've heard of this. It is um, kind of depressing. Okay. It's a little more realistic than Mm, your average, but, like, it's sweet. Like, there's some really sweet moments. Um, But, you know, definitely a little more, quote-unquote, real life. Yeah. A little exaggerated, (laughs) of course. But I enjoyed that. I watched that quite quickly. Okay. Yeah. And I I just think, I don't know. I have a lot of change happening in my life right now. Yeah. Um, We moved. As you know, you helped us. Yeah, I did. And tricked into it. It's It's cool. (laughs) Don't worry about it. I'll just remind you that I helped you move. Oh, yeah. I totally owe you. <laughs> but that does not change the fact that I was tricked. <laughs> you hung out. That's, you could have booked it. <laughs> it's true. I stuck around. Anyway. Um, and John is starting law school in the fall. Yeah. And I'm going through some professional yeah. changes. And so I just need a way to kind of yeah not think about all of that. <laughs> I think that, like... I think that's totally it. And I, we had talked about this a little bit. And so we can get into like, I have kind of my favorites that come to mind and yeah. things I've watched recently and why I think they're compelling or which ones are my favorite. But I do think for, um, which is also why we're going to like get to the Bechtel test later because yeah. we need to balance out our feminism here. Yep. Um, like, they're fairy tales yeah and there is always this appeal to us like we're so susceptible to wanting that fairy tale romantic life or happy ending and i like i always just want people to be happy yeah (laughs) like i just want everyone to work out and be happy um (coughs) bless you thank you sorry um and I like I think like it's it's sometimes a good emotional outlet and so I think like you were saying like there are a lot of other changes going on and we have that too where I've been trying like if you're struggling with a problem or a change that you don't have all of the answers to and the resolution isn't immediate yeah like I will then seek out outlets that have that resolution so you can kind of go through the emotional process Mm mm-hmm and then get to the resolution and have that relief. Yeah. Even though it is for something else. Yeah. And like that to me is what romantic comedies and romantic dramas even are like really provide for me. Yeah. It's an outlet where something gets resolved. Yeah. And so for that hour and a half, I have the sense of the roller coaster with resolution. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I think there's always a desire to have it be you in these mm-hmm. stories, even though, I mean, we're yeah. both happily married, but yeah. like there's always that kind of whimsical, like, Oh yeah. Like what if I just ran into someone while getting coffee and then <laughs> fell deeply in love yes. and got married. Yes. Um, but I think there's that as well. Yeah. Um, also, I just want to ask you, why do so many of these movies begin with affairs? <laughs> I have never thought about that. Like, I was just trying to go through the list of, like, movies that I would list as my favorite. Titanic. And, like, they all... Yeah, I don't know. May- well, story-wise, my immediate thought which goes back to me wanting people to be happy is that I would assume that with an affair, there is an element of someone being unhappy. Yes. And so like, even though that's horrible and there were probably a lot of problems that led to that, you still want people to be happy. Yeah. And so like you want there to be that resolution. So that's a very easy story arc to make because I mean, especially in movies, they do not make it out to be as what we find in real life sometimes yeah. of like people growing apart or something wedged between like, yeah. or both people play equal parts in it. And that doesn't always happen. No, to be clear. But in the movies, you often like one person is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and you They're need to awful. escape the old, horrible oppression of this relationship. Yes. But I was thinking. Oh, go ahead. No, it's just, it just, I just, that wonder. is an interesting observation. Yeah, I had never really thought about it. Especially romantic comedies, I've noticed. Like, yeah. a lot of them have to do My with. My thing is normally like, uh, hey, hey, y'all, like, this is stemming from miscommunication. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just call the other person? Why don't you just chat? Yeah. So I was thinking through the ones that came to mind when you had mentioned wanting to chat about what you've been watching. Yeah. Um, so these are not all on Netflix. No, they are not. <laughs> um, but the ones that come to mind for me are Titanic, The Notebook, um, Romeo and Juliet, obviously with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. I think that when that movie came out and when it came out on DVD, I probably watched it like once <laughs> a week. I am obsessed. Um, once uh, does not really end in a happy resolution uh-huh. in the sense that you want it to. Yeah. But it is for kind of both people. Anyway, I also love that movie, but I basically just cry for like, if I am feeling really down and just need to get those emotions out, I just watch once. Cause yeah. I basically just cry for an hour and a half. Um, 10 things I hate about you. I watched that as well. Oh, I watched my God. it on demands. <laughs> it's yeah. one of my favorites. Um, Love and Basketball for me is one of my favorites. Dirty Dancing. And then some of the more recent ones, I think all of them, I'm not sure about Walk to Remember, um, are, uh, what's his name? Nicholas Sparks. Oh, yeah. Books turned into movies. But Walk to Remember, Dear John, and The Last Song. Yeah. And The Last Song is like legit terrible. <laughs> um, and I tried... Um, so this was a mistake, though. I tried to watch Dear John recently. Uh-huh. So... One of the networks was having like Man Crush Week or something yeah. and playing all of these movies. Wasn't it Freeform? Freeform, yes. Formerly known as ABC Family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, so I turned on Dear John because I really enjoy that movie, but um, some of the elements hit a little too close to home and too close to past relationships and stuff. And, um, but then in the movie, the guy's dad passes away. 
And then there are all these other things. And I was like, and I'm out. <laughs> Peace. Like, I'm done. <laughs> Never mind. Even though I know that this is going to end in a happy resolution, I'm just like, well, I'm just going to like pick something else. Um, so <laughs> sometimes they're a little too close. Yeah. But I don't have that problem with, let's say, Titanic. No. Or Romeo and Juliet. You didn't have anyone die in a massive cruise ship crash? No. Good. No. Or not share their floating device. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'll never let go. Never mind. I'm going to let go. (laughs) God, I hate that. I still hate that. (laughs) Never let go. Boink. Bye-bye. Look at you sink because you're a frozen ice blob. (laughs) What are, like, what are the things that pull you into the, like... Because we have an example of the worst romantic movie ever, but <laughs> yeah. like, what are the things? Like, for me, I was thinking about like attractive main characters, yes. like a compelling, realistic storyline. <laughs> then I went back to hot main actors, <laughs> yeah. and that's all I so, could think of. <laughs> so this is interesting because I didn't like Made in Manhattan too much because I thought the main male character was not that attractive and i found hmm. him very weird and annoying um and he's been in a ton of other stuff but i couldn't remember at the time what it was mm-hmm. um and so i actually i got through it and i was like yeah i didn't really it wasn't <laughs> cute enough i couldn't get yeah. into it and i couldn't feel the chemistry between really, him really and j to me um, I feel like chemistry between the main actors is really important in these things. Like if there's no chemistry, like you can tell that. And when we talk about the worst romantic movie of all time, yeah. um, that was also the case. Just no chemistry at all. Also, um, the movie I think you were thinking about with Patrick Dempsey was oh. Maid of Honor. Maid of Honor. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, go on. It has a terrible review on Rotten Tomatoes, but I think it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think chemistry, Chemistry's. attractiveness, um, yeah, and unique storylines too. Like if there's a little twist, like I watch a Netflix movie called The Pill, where this guy has a one-night stand with a woman and they don't use protection. Yeah. And so he, like, convinces her to get the morning-after pill. And this is pre the one pill for the morning-after pill, so you had to take two pills 12 hours apart. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was really hesitant to take the first pill to begin with. So when he finds out there's a second pill, he, like, hangs out with her the whole day to, like, ensure that she takes the second pill because he also has a girlfriend. See? Yeah, this is all terrible. Um, And he follows her around. But it was unique, and then they had really good chemistry, and they did cool things, and he ended up falling for her, and it was adorable. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And no unwanted pregnancies. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, So what is the worst Mm-hmm. the worst and we experienced this together now so this is interesting to me because now i am like looking at reviews of it um it is actually called the longest ride and uh it was a nicholas sparks book which is why i picked it when we we went to watch a movie the other weekend i wanted to watch magic mike xxl okay, fair enough you did <laughs> and we made a mistake <laughs> 
Okay. We got through it together. I though. realized that this was a mistake, <laughs> but I like his other one. Like, I even like the one with like stupid Miley Cyrus, which is like the last song. Like, oh, yeah. I enjoy that movie. Yeah. And so I thought, well, it'll be fine. No, I thought it'd be good too. I'm not. Here's the problem. It was terrible. It was terrible. So now let's think about what makes a terrible romantic drama, comedy, terrible movie. I think to what you just said, they had no chemistry. None, None at all. Um, it was weird. Like I wanted them to not be together because I'm like, you guys don't look like you get along And at so all. this was, I so as, as a brief uh, uh, recap for folks, so that you never watch this. Ever. Um, it. I am just going to read from Rotten Tomatoes because I can't do it. I can't even. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so the longest ride centers on the star-crossed love affair between Luke, a former champion bull rider looking to make a comeback, and Sophia, a college student who is about to embark on her dream job in New York City's art world. As conflicting pasts and ideals test their relationship – Sophia and Luke may make an unexpected and fateful connection with Ira, whose memories of his own decades-long romance with his beloved wife deeply inspire the young couple. Spanning generations and two uh, intertwining love stories, The Longest Ride explores the challenges and infinite rewards of enduring love. So... <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, until I read that description, <laughs> I forgot about Ira and because, the flashbacks. Because <laughs> we fast forwarded through the flashbacks. I I am not a quitter. Okay? <laughs> I want to make this very clear. We didn't quit. I will watch terrible movies and terrible TV shows. Yes. I mean, I quit a lot of those fall TV shows because they were really bad. But, like, I stayed in it far longer than anyone should have. Yes. And at many points in this movie, we were like, should we, should we just stop? And then I was like, what if we just fast forward half of it? (laughs) Like every time they flash back to this other guy's story, what if we just fast forwarded those parts? With the people with terrible Austrian accents. Oh my gosh. It was, it was was so bad. I don't think... I mean, I think the main character, like the main actors were attractive enough. Yeah. They had no chemistry. None. None. Zero. And it, oh, it was weird. So the Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 30% with an average rating of 4.4 out of 10. But the audience popcorn scores a 71. No. That is nope. unacceptable. No. I refuse. It was really bad. I'm trying to think. I don't know that there are any (laughs) movies that bad that I, I don't know. Like, I just watched a romantic comedy that was probably on par. Yeah. It was called uh, Slow Learners. Huh. And it was about two nerds who weren't getting any... Boys or girls. Okay. Women or men, I should say. Uh-huh. And so they, like, redid themselves and, like, became yeah. flaming assholes and then... Great. Slept around for an entire summer and then ended up together. But, like, when they were complete assholes, I was literally twitching. And I was the same. I'm like, I can't quit. I started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, say it was on par, just in different ways with The Longest Ride. Yeah. Okay. 
It was really bad. Um, you did find a really great, which we'll include in the show notes, um, centersrobot.net slash likely story slash 32. We will include this 30 best romantic comedies of all time. Yes. Which is a great list. It's a fabulous list. And there's actually a couple on here that I haven't seen mm-hmm. that I now want to go back and see. I feel the um, same way. 10 Things I Hate About You, 1999. It's on there because it's amazing. 500 Days of Summer. Have you seen 500? I have. And I, I loved it. I also really loved that. Um, Love Actually is on here, which... Of course. Of course. I watch every Christmas. Yep. Um trying to scroll through i mean there's there's a handful Andy hall is i would there. actually probably disagree with the wedding singer but it's fine whatever it's 30 movies um, you can you can have disagreements. silver linings playbook i yes. do actually i really really like that i did too and i do think i think is it on netflix right now or is it, maybe it's on hbo now maybe on hbo i, I mean it's on it our on like netflix. on demand yeah um city lights groundhog day pretty woman is at number four Obviously, that's like the story of all stories, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, oh, yeah. Annie Hall, she mentioned Sleepless in Seattle, which I also do really like. Um, and number one is When Harry Met Sally, yeah, which I haven't watched in a long time. And this just made me like rearrange what I need to do this weekend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah, just I don't know. I do. I, I'm sticking with my gut that it's this like resolution factor of people figuring life out and making it to figure i don't know having yeah. a happy ending something. i think that i think that's legitimate and i guess they don't always but i don't prefer those nope <laughs> nope uh yeah so do you have any more on tap from netflix or are you pretty much exhausted the availability well in terms of like decent movies <laughs> Yeah, we are not going to fall for the longest ride again. No. I, I've lost the right to pick a movie. I think I've I've exhausted most of the half decent movies. Okay. But I'll keep I'll keep an eye out, see what see okay. what comes about. Yeah. And I'll probably move to on demand. Great. Yeah, switch over. Yep. Go to HBO <laughs> and Showtime and Stars, see what they got. Yeah. It'll be good. <laughs> It'll be good. I will also just throw in there of like to add to love the quirky netflix show is yeah. crazy ex-girlfriend oh, which yeah. i was also obsessed with they just had their finale yeah it made me really angry i think that's the only one that has actually made it from the beginning to the end of the season for one of us and quantico oh i quit that oh i did too we haven't watched the last three episodes <laughs> i actually even turned off the recording on my dvr oh, i haven't got i haven't even done that with limitless yet i just keep <laughs> deleting them um <laughs> No, I really, really loved Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. It's quirky. There's nothing else like it. And it, it has its own love story. And I'm cheering for, like, the, like, not, okay like, offbeat Not the story. traditional love yeah, story. Yeah, not the that one that she's, like, thinking that she's after. Um, okay. She's for Josh, and I am I am for Greg. So. Yeah, Greg. Go, Greg. <laughs> Team Greg. Yep. I don't know who those people are. They're, Greg is great. I believe you. He's sarcastic and kind of dark and funny, and he really loves Rebecca. I like her already. I mean him. Yeah. I like him already. You do. You would like Greg. Okay. You would be a Greg fan over a Josh fan. I feel strongly about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We can move on now. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, let's just balance out all of our squishy romantic comedies with something called the Bechdel test. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, we've talked a, a lot about like racial ethnic diversity and equality in film and TV. Um, but I seemed like a good time to kind of dig into gender equality in movies. Sounds great. Movies specifically, cause we need to narrow this or yes. else this would be like a six series even now, we're not really going to get to anything but the surface level of this issue. Yes. Um, so the Bechtel test um, uh, basically just was one way created, and it it indicates whether um, women are present in a work of fiction to a certain degree, um, and then a work could pass the test so the disclaimer is that like yeah. it could pass the test. Women could be present and they could have a conversation about something other than a man. Yep. Um, and still have sexist com like content yeah. or be terrible movies, whatever. But there, this was just one way to look at gender equality in film. Um, and so there are some, like there are some. What's the word? Um, criticisms of it. Uh, but 538, which is my new favorite yeah. thing, so I believe everything they say, um, they noted that the test doesn't measure whether a film is a model of gender equality. Yeah. And so passing the test or not obviously doesn't ensure quality of the film or quality and depth of the female roles. Um, but it is the best test on gender equity in film that we currently have. And perhaps more important, it is the only test that we currently have. Exactly. Um, so that's what it is. Yes. Um, and uh, let me see here. So there's been a couple recent studies um, done where um, a, a polygraph polygraph dot cool slash films um did an analysis of two thousand four thousand actually four thousand some of them yeah there's one one article that we're sharing one, that yeah. has four thousand films in their their Ooh. directory and the other has two thousand okay um so pretty insane and there's some really we're gonna put these in the show notes um but there's some really awesome interactive um, graphs and numbers that if you're a nerd like me who really likes research, um, you will get um, a hit out of this. So, yeah. I think um, the main <laughs> the main findings um, from the one that I'm looking at, uh, the, the prevailing theme is that white men dominate movie roles. Shock! So much surprise! Oh. Um, I think what was most telling actually was... <laughs> They uh, did a breakdown of Disney, including Pixar um, films, <laughs> and sixty uh, percent men have sixty percent of the dialogue in this analysis of all of the films. Yeah, they looked at even. I'm trying to find. Well, they so they even looked at female start like led like they looked at the like the disney princess movie so milan lead female character has less lines than her dragon than her male dragon 
Um, and so again, like one of the criticisms of this test is that the characters could be talking about her. Yeah. It's really just about like who owns the number of like the amount of dialogue, not yeah. the content of the dialogue. So that is where it kind of falls short, but well, it's a, it does include content of dialogue when it comes to two or more women talking Yeah, because to pass the test, two or more women have to discuss in the film something other than men. Yes. And I would just like <laughs> to say, in one of these links, um, so the, 200 highest grossing films for the Bechdel test results in gender diversity of the writing team. Um, Films with all male writing teams. And this is the top 200 um, for films from 1995 to 2015. Okay. Um, Films with all male writing staff, 53% of those movies fail the test and 47% pass the test. When you add at least one female writer, Mm-hmm. It changes dramatically. 38% fail the test and 62% pass the test. And then, Whoa. and this is a really small number of films, when you have all women writers, 100% of those movies from the past 10 years, from 1995 to 2015, of the 200 highest grossing, yeah. they all pass the test. Now, here's the funny thing to me. Oh. So I was looking at what these films are. Yeah. And here is the list. Of these films, 100% pass with all female writing crews. Okay. The first film, The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn Part 2. Holy shit. The second film is New Moon. The third, The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn Part (laughs) 1. It's all of Twilight? The Twilight Saga, Eclipse. Stop it. And then Mamma Mia, Fifty Shades of Grey. What? Casper. Wait, my big fat. In my big Disney version? No, like the what? live action. Okay. It might be Disney. That's weird. Um, anyway, sorry. Casper and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Huh. So all of the Twilight films. That is fascinating. It's Clearly so- not on content. No. Um, and I also liked Fifty Shades of Grey. I also recently watched Fifty Shades of Grey, the not rated version. Um, yikes. It, it was really bad. I still haven't. I mean, I feel like you have to watch it. I also feel that way, but I can't bring myself to do it. I mean, they've already approved the second two movies. I can't do it. Oh, I will watch the second two movies. Um, I was into the first one enough. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was uh, fascinating. <laughs> that, that is really the Twilight passed the Bechtel test and like our all-female writing staff. And yeah. Yeah. Um. I know there's a couple just like I think some of the Disney stuff was really it shouldn't be shocking when you think about it because when you think about the stories of a lot of those it's about like not having a voice and needing a man to wake you up whatever they're terrible Um, but still like it's named after a female character like that's the lead character Um only because we did talk about uh, the romantic comedy side, Pretty Woman and 10 Things I Hate About You both have lead women. Mm-hmm. And that is characters with the most amount of dialogue um, in terms of uh, like those characters are on par with the male yeah. characters, but those are both at um, 52% yeah. male dominated, which like 
is probably terrible of me, but I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, that's great. Like, we're getting there. There's a really also great interactive graph where you can pick your um, profiles. So, like, when a film's dot, 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 and they have writers, producers, directors, and then you can filter by um, the different... uh, what's it called? Like Disney, DreamWorks, Marvel, etc. Uh-huh. So like if I do writers are only women in Disney, there are only five films of four thousand. Wow. They all pass, but there's only four thousand. And it includes Freaky Friday, Prom, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Saving Mr. Banks. The Princess Ooh. Diaries. The Princess Diaries and The Princess Diaries too. too. <laughs> And then if you like put over to producers or only female, there's there's nothing. I mean, it just changes yeah. dramatically. So there's a lot of fun interactive <laughs> that I played with for a little too long today. <laughs> yeah, it is very. I don't. Oh man. Um, I think the and the main point and the um the one polygraph article Polly that you've been looking at the most here specific to the Bechdel test is I think making a great point. Like they're showing all of these dynamics, but the real point is like we are enforcing these stereotypes. Yeah, exactly. And so you're promoting a culture where females are, are submissive to men or looking to them for the advice and the leadership or they're completely invisible. Their voice doesn't matter. Or the only thing you should be talking about with your girlfriends is other men. Yeah. Um, or like it says here, where women can't save the planet, win the big game, or fight the bad, wait for it guy. <laughs> yeah. Instead, they're props who can only gab about men. Yeah. So it's, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I think this was really eye-opening to me. Um, They've also broken down and looked at the studios and the percent of films that fail the test. Yeah, this is interesting. From 95 to um, 2015, they did these numbers. And so, um, like, some of the, I guess, like, at one point, are they better? Um, Like, some of the better ones are Dimension Films, Scott Rudin, um, Fox Searchlight, actually, the Weinstein Company. um, Only 30% of theirs uh, fail the test. Uh, Fox Searchlight is at 32. Miramax is at 36% fail. Um, but, but, then, but what I find more interesting is that the international... International is way, way better. better at this. Yeah. Way better. Um, like you go to BBC Films, only 17% of 59 yeah. films fail. Um, I think they might be the lowest, actually, uh, at 17%. But most of them range in the 20 to 30% fail. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look, they should have done this the better, <laughs> the easier way to interpret. But so that would be um, around 70% of their films do pass this and have yeah. a little bit better gender equity. Exactly. Um, I also like, um, so when you look at the notable producers, directors, and writers, when you look at top directors, I think this is really cool that Quentin Tarantino, only 13% of his films fail. And I think that's because he loves lead females in his movies. Like most of his movies. Dialogue. About weird things. Tons of dialogue um, Um, that are not about (laughs) other men. Yeah. Um, And a lot of badass, like, women that are really powerful and strong. So I like seeing that he's 
actually the best director of these top ones that they pulled. Yeah. Steven Spielberg is terrible. 77% of his films fail. Yep. Um, and Wes Anderson, a little upsetting. 57% of his films fail, which is yeah. not surprising to me knowing his films, but I, yeah, I mean, I think when I'm like looking at it, I'm like, well, that it seems like he would do better, but then I'm like, oh, okay, like there's limited, like, about three brothers yeah they are the entire film yeah okay fantastic mr fox bad one guy yep okay um grand budapest like it you know you go through and like his are also male driven somewhat dialogue driven in its unique way but also still male driven um for wes anderson the ones that pass are rushmore Royal Tenenbaums and Moonrise Kingdom um, are three of the examples that they list. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be really interesting. Like, I would love to see this go a little bit further and dig into um, some of the quality or, you know, I mean, we talk about this at work a lot, like this and not this specifically, but in general about data that the the test to evaluate these films may not be perfect Mm -hmm. um but as the writer at 538 said it's the only test we have Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't really measure quality or quality of the story or messages of equality that could be in the story um but it is a test we have and it does bring to light a lot that like seeing it in this interactive way is really interesting to me i mean like i'm looking at it and like avatar fails and toy story fails like yeah. those are well-regarded movies with really important messages and stories that mm-hmm. come out of it but then you think about it and they are still male driven yeah um and so i'm just yeah i'm hopeful that we can start getting us ladies that support yep um and that it doesn't have to be like having all female writers and all female producers and directors and whatever like that's awesome but you don't want to have like it should be equal like yeah men should figure out how that maybe this sounds stupid now that i'm thinking about it and saying it out loud <laughs> like men should be able to write with strong female leads but like they should yeah and females should be able to write strong male leads like yeah learn enough about each other and write these stories but well beyond i think i think it's more of a representation in the writer's room and yeah and producers because that now is white males are difference. like what 85 to 95 percent of the i saw oh, the statistic yeah, when we um, were looking at yeah. um diversity yeah yeah it's, they're like they're the significant portion it's of ridiculous and we just need more representation of yeah. women and minorities and just in general and to like have that, those stories be told. We know that that brings diversity other perspectives too, yeah. in the stories. So. Cause yeah, men should be able to write from a strong female perspective, but at the same time, a woman would be much better equipped right. to That's tell that story. That's what I wanted story. to say. And then I was like, does that <laughs> sound terrible? And then I was like, what I said sounded terrible. <laughs> I don't know. Just like do better. Yeah. It's kind of, this is a set, this is non sequitur, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of how I feel very strongly that women's sports should be coached by women yes. athletes. Like I yeah. have a, and it's not that men can't coach women. That's not the, yeah. the issue. It's that I think women are better suited to coach women. And why do we have more male coaches 
in like the WNBA. Interesting. As opposed to female coaches who are just as capable of doing the job and have just as many accolades and et cetera. So similar yeah. mindset just in the sport yeah. realm. Sport bar. Sport ball? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we do have one, um, an example of a movie that, again, I feel like the internet has been broken a lot lately. Yeah. Um, Harriet Tubman totally broke Twitter. And the now upcoming all-female-led Ghostbusters, it was like a riot. A riot a year like, ago. People were rioting a year ago. We're still, like, writing about this. Um, can I read some of the tweets that are my favorite? Oh, yes, you okay. can. So it's an all-female cast of Ghostbusters. So wait, let me just... Um, so the new film... I know I'm thinking coming out this summer. Yeah, I, I think, think probably. Um, stars Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, um, Leslie Jones, and Kate McKinnon. Yes. So it's going to be freaking amazing. It is. Continue. Um, so there's this really great bustle article where the author compiles a bunch of tweets. We'll have it in the show notes so you can read them for yourself. We'll quote a couple of them here now. The number one that she has is on movie confusion <laughs> tweet from Sun Charm. Sun Charm. Probs. They're, they just repeat. <laughs> they just better call it Lady Ghostbusters so people know what they're walking into. Wouldn't want irate ticket buyers asking for refunds. Uh, and her answer is that's a good point i mean the important part of the film isn't that they're ghostbusters but that they're ladies the whole plot of the movie is about that i can see why people would be confused after the trailers that will air and the film posters and the research they'll do on the film before they go to the theater lady ghostbusters would clear that right up (laughs) that's one of my favorites um let's see I'm still going to call the male Ghostbusters. Sorry, I'll send the girls a text, though. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And if they can make an all-female Ghostbusters, where's my all-male steel magnolias? It's fine. Damn. We can can do that. Do you not have enough movies led by men? Or that have all-male cast? Just proven that we've got plenty. Now, I'm not sexist at all, but an all-female Ghostbusters is just fucked up. Sorry for my language. (laughs) I'm just reading. It was a tweet. (laughs) It was a tweet. Yeah. Um, It's just like... And the answer, that doesn't sound sexist at all. Because, I mean, everyone knows that any sexist elements of what you say is canceled out by putting, I'm not sexist before it. Obviously. Yeah. So, basically, people were really angry. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be awesome. It's probably going to be great. It was a great idea to do it. Yeah. Speaking of strong women. Who run the world? Girls. (laughs) Where is my Beyonce album? So I've seen a few things asking her to postpone (sighs) the release due to um, Prince passing away. The doves are crying. R.I.P. Prince. Yes. And Passover. Yeah. Okay, I mean, like, whatever. Legitimate requests? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I have been in formation since February. Yeah. Um, also, her yeah. tour starts next Wednesday. Yeah, so get that album out, girl. 
So the latest rumor, obviously, I've been like checking every day since February <laughs> for this album. Um, the latest is that there is, uh, because TVs schedule out their stuff, there is like an HBO special called Lemonade that is a uh, Beyonce Lemonade special tomorrow at like 9 o'clock Eastern. Interesting. And the speculation is that it is the audio, like it is the video accompaniment to the album and it will be released Saturday. So when you are listening to this, hopefully it'll be out. If it has been released, please know I will be currently listening to it while you are listening to us. Yes. <laughs> it does not matter what time of day you listen to us. I will be listening to the Beyonce <laughs> album. Um, I really hope that that happens because, girl, I've been waiting. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we alluded to at the beginning of the episode. Unbreakable. Bunny and Kitty. Being best friends. <laughs> Bunny and Kitty. Mm, together forever. The fun never ends. True. Solving mysteries one hug at a time. Buddy and Kitty. They're two, two of a kind. kind. Oh my god. The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So you've watched all of it. All of it. I have four. No. I have three episodes left. <gasps> Yay. Um, I think we should maybe talk more about it. Uh, I don't know. Like I've heard good and bad and I've heard like concerns over like, why is Tina Fey using these, like she's doing a lot of like race jokes and a lot of things that people feel aren't playing well. Yeah. And like, why is this her hill to die on? So yeah, we can throw in some stuff in the show notes, but um, I feel like it's gotten a little bit more niche. It's their second season. They've been able to really customize it to their audience. Super quirky. Which is us. Yep. <laughs> yep. It is you. It is me. Oh it my is gosh. my boss's wife. <laughs> I love it so much. It's so silly and weird. And Titus is hilarious. Hilarious. And they're giving him a lot of room to sing yes. a lot, which makes me really happy. Yes. And Tina Fey has an amazing role in it. Oh, it's so good. And I'm probably going to have to go finish the season tonight. So, <sighs> Bunny and Kitty, y'all. Bunny and Kitty. It's an amazing scene. Together we might have to just like play it out. <laughs> Solving this one hug at a time. Yeah. Bunny and Kitty. To which Mike had a question of like, Two what? Solving mysteries one <laughs> hug at a time? They do it. And I was just like, we need to get another kitty, but we'll name him Bunny and then it can be Bunny, Bunny and Kitty. Kitty. And he also vetoed that idea. Um, well, you could do what I am doing and I insert Rona and Odie for Bunny and Kitty. So <laughs> I just a song that Kimmy <laughs> sings in the middle of like randomly in the middle of an episode. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, and I am obsessed. <laughs> Um, awesome. Okay. Cool. I think we've given everyone a lot of material to go watch some movies <laughs> yes. and look, look into the Bechdel tests, look into just, I don't know, pay attention to like the next movie you watch. Yeah. Like, how do you think it shakes out in the story? Do you notice it more? Yeah. And let us know. Cause now I think I'll be, I'll be viewing with a slightly different perspective for a while for sure until I forget about it and just enjoy movies again. Cool. Well, we love feedback, so tweet at us using the likely story hashtag, hashtag likely story, or you can tweet to Shelby at Shelby Elizabeth or me at Polly Ann K. 
You can subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. And you can use do that by using the RSS and iTunes buttons that are on the website. And let us know if that's confusing. All right. And make sure to join our community on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash likely story show. You can watch your favorite movie and apply the Bechdel test and let us know what you think on Facebook. Um, be super interested to hear. Uh, you can also support us directly, help keep the audio going, the editing going at Patreon, uh, which is patreon.com slash sunrise robot. Uh, send us a Harriet Tubman or two. And uh, special thanks to our amazing Patreon superstar level sponsors, Carolyn Kraut and Benji Robinson. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you.